Good morning. It is the Big Sports Breakfast. Ben Way alongside Laurie Daly and Michael Clark. What a fantastic Big Bash final it was last night. I did already see one text through from Curly in Mackay saying, now it feels like origin with the Heat beating the Sixers <laughs> there in Sydney. And truthfully... In the first five overs of last night's Big Bash final, you thought it was going to be all the Sydney Sixers. Brisbane were struggling to put bat on ball, and then as soon as they dropped Brown and he started to click into second gear, uh, it all escalated and escalated quickly. 160-plus, and it was never likely to be chased down. Maybe one brief point at about two for 70. You were optimistic, but from that point on, it just went pear-shaped for the Sixers. In terms of the tennis, there was a big upset. Sverev and Alcaraz doing battle, and it was Sverev, 6-1-6-3. A slight capitulation there in the third set, uh, 6-7, and then 6-4 in the fourth set to take it out in the Australian Open quarterfinals. We'll go through the other results a little bit later, but I think, Michael, it's important we start with the congrat- uh, congratulatory 25 years mm. for Laurie and his celebrations. We need to know what the present was, <laughs> what he did yesterday, and more importantly, how bruised he is this morning. Uh, morning, gentlemen. Morning, everybody. Um, I had a lovely day yesterday. Uh, my wife and I, we went out for, for dinner, uh, lunch, I should say, and we, um, yeah, we, we had a fantastic time. We met up with friends after it, and then um, yesterday was just about reflecting on hmm. the ups and downs of marriages. And how we've managed to stay together for 25 years. So it was it was beautiful. Well, you Great. look fresh, Loz. Congratulations. Yeah, I, look, I hope uh, I sound fresh. You look I've, fresh. But I was, no, it was enjoyable. I was expecting I was you to be a bit dusty. Yeah, no, you not dusty. Honest? No, 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 no. You look, you no, look fresh. I've, I've pulled up okay. So the wife had a good day. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's a different sort of. Um, Lunch, I suppose, compared if you went for a lunch with the boys to a lunch with your wife. I'd think so. Yeah. Mm. But no, yeah, it, was, awesome. it was a fantastic awesome. day, mate. So Good hopefully another 25 years in yep. front of us. Hey, yeah, with good. everything that transpired yesterday, you were exceptionally unlikely to put together a multi. Mm. And we've had lots of questions about it. So you have wiped your hands of the multi this week. Is that correct? Most definitely. There's a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I've been out of the country. <laughs> Um, and I've just returned, so I haven't really had time to assess the form. Um, and I don't want to be rushed because I don't want to bum steer our listeners. I take this job very seriously. And for me, I don't want to put my credibility on the line. Credibility? And let, yeah, and let people down. Forgive me, but mm. what has the success rate been with the multi? Uh it has pretty, been pretty good, very actually. successful. Yeah, yeah. Very successful. Last year was the best on record. Yeah, yeah. No, Your return you, on investment, you would have... It gets a bit of a run on, Loz. It's yeah. like it's footy days. Yeah. When they're on, they're hard to stop the Raiders. Yeah. When Loz is on, he can go, oh, I reckon you had a four in a row at one stage. Yeah, we, we went really well. We went really well. So uh, a lot of people last year, they supported the multi. They got on. And then I'd step down. I thought it was time. You know, everyone has their time in the in the sun. Uh, I thought I might have been getting a bit long in the tooth, so to speak. Um, but the masses just wanted me back, so mm. I, I take this job very seriously. Ben. The orange battler text in. These just sound like excuses, daily. Oh no, excuses. I, I'm not an excuse man. I, I'm I'm there for the the regular putter. Mm. I'm there for the big putter. I'm there for the smallest of putter. 
More importantly, I'm there for myself at times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, don't worry, because other people are stepping up to the plate Oh, I, I want to know who's stepping up. Pengilly, Dava? No, I know Luke Marlowe is involved. Right. I, I know that Brad Davidson is sort of involved. Oh, sort of. Well, that's a, that's well that's, a, I'm in, involved if we win, yeah. not involved if we lose. Yeah, I'm What's not, that? I'm, I'm not really happy sort of about doesn't not work. committing. Well, who's he, no, he, he's committed. It's more his selection. I'm not really happy to give him full plaudits, given his selection is on the short side. Right. Exceptionally short side. Right. So he's just got a favourite, obviously, that he thinks will Correct. win. But if it wins, no one complains. Now, I dare say, Jason at Windsor, these sentiments are going to be echoed from Sydney Sixers fans throughout the course of the morning. Home final, you win the toss and you bowl. Well, I just said that to Loz, uh, Benny. Um, yeah, look, it was, a, it was a great game of cricket in, in conditions that weren't probably what everyone would have liked or expected for a BBL final. The wicket was a bit too paced, uh, was slow at stages. It seemed a little bit with a new ball, and then it spun for the spinners. Um, but in regards to batting, you just it was hard to get momentum. It was hard to get into any sort of rhythm. So it was more of a, I think if you were going to make runs on that pitch, it was more of a power sort of player um, because you couldn't really use the pace to, you know, hit it behind point for four or run at the third man mm. or walk across your stumps and whip it off your pads. It was more a bit of a stand there and, um, and hit down the ground uh, power play. Um, but the Heat were great. Don't get me wrong. They, they were fantastic. I was surprised only because of conditions and being a final that the Sixers won the toss um, and decided to bowl first on a pitch that, like I say, I thought spin was going to play a big part, how you played it, but also how you bowled it. So I thought if you could get runs on the board, Sixers ha- you know, have spinners, know the conditions well. Someone like Stephen O'Keefe could have um, been extremely hard you know, with some runs on the board. But they went that way. Uh, and again, I think Josh Brown, slow start. I, I don't know if it was about him assessing conditions and give himself a bit of a chance, or he just couldn't seem to get his timing at the start of his innings, but then come good, uh, batted beautifully again and, and really set a, a strong foundation for the Heat. Matt Renshaw, very good once again um, for the Heat in a final. And then Spencer Johnson. My God, mm. he was outstanding for Brisbane Eden and has been the entire tournament. So, um, yeah, Sixers will be disappointed. That's the way it goes. You you know, in 2020 cricket, you'd like to think the toss doesn't make too much of a difference in 20 overs, but I, I'm a little bit old school in my thinking where in pressure games, I like runs on the board and looking at that wicket from afar, you know, watching them show it on... Um, I don't even know if I was, I think I was watching Channel 7, just when they, you know, they got the spider cam cruise across the week. I thought, geez, it looks really dry. So I think it could be a little bit slow. And I thought spin was going to play a part. So I thought Sixers might have, might have went old school bat first. With Spencer Johnson, he's obviously a talent and he was picked up in the IPL. Yep. Yep. In terms of test cricket, he's sitting behind Boland and Lance Morris. Would that be a fair call? Uh, like, will, will he get a chance to yeah, to play? You, you know what? Well, again, we, we spoke, um, might have been Monday or Tuesday, about you know that 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 
Australian team that I walked into and we had so many uh, wonderful batsmen in first-class cricket that couldn't get an opportunity because we had such a strong, you know, Hayden, Slater, Langer, Ponting, uh, Steve War, Mark War, uh, Healy, like so many, you know, Gilchrist had to wait for you. So many good players and great players in that Australian team that, you know, guys averaging 50 and 60 in first-class cricket couldn't get a game. With Australian cricket right now, the four bowlers, if you're a fast bowler or a spinner, it's just very hard to get a look in. You know, Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins, Lyon, their record's phenomenal. They play, well, the three quicks play all three formats. So you just got to bide your time. And that's why I think it doesn't matter what format you're playing, who you're playing for. At the moment now, as a fast bowler or a spinner, you just got to be at the top of the tree in regards to taking wickets. So if Nathan Lyon gets injured, you get a crack. If they decide to rest Mitchell Stark, then you get an opportunity. So it's unfortunate for a lot of these good quicks. Um, you know, Michael Nisa, he's been exceptional for five years for Queensland. Scotty Boland, coming to the Australian team, bowled like mm. a genius. Um, I don't know, did he get player of the summer that, that, that uh, summer? Last but year, yeah. like, And now he, you know, can't get in. He has to go back and wait for, for an opportunity. So I think it's a good problem to have for the selectors. And it's great to see these guys stepping up and doing well, especially under pressure. That's what I like in, in those big games, your quarterfinal, semifinal, yeah. final. The, the guys that step up there, you think, if you can do it there, you can definitely do it at the next level. I'm glad you brought up Michael Nisa. You could legitimately mount a case that he is Australia's best all-rounder. Domestically. Different. This is, again, I've spoken about this, very different at the next level in all different conditions around the world. He's, you, you couldn't compare. And again, Michael Nisa has been exceptional. And if he got picked for Australia in any form of the game, you could not have a crack at that. He deserves it. But if you compare Michael Nisa to... Cameron Green, Cameron Green is an all-rounder. I don't think Michael Nisa at the next level. I don't know. Unproven. No, I'm, yeah. go, I'm just going on my experience. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going on. Cameron Green could make, uh, Cameron Green's good enough to bat in the top four for Australia. He could make 30 test hundreds, 20 test hundreds. Michael Nisa could make 20 test hundreds. Mm. Michael Nisa could, could take, he could be the third fast bowler. I was about to say, who's your best I'm still. I still think I'm picking. Michael, Who's your best bowler? See, I think Nice is the strongest of the three. Michael Nice is a bowler who, in my opinion, bats at number eight at the highest level. Cameron Green, Cameron Green can bowl first change. He's good enough to bowl first change. Be your third quick. He won't be though because he's going to be Jack Callis. He's going to bat in the top six. So that's the difference. He's going to be a legitimate batsman that makes test match hundreds who bowls as the fourth fast bowler like Jack Callis did. But if Jack Callis couldn't bowl, couldn't bat, he was a good enough bowler to be the third fast bowler. Mm. So it, it's it, because he's so good at both. I, it's hard to split. Cameron Green is the, the legitimate, very, very good at both. Where well, I think the other all round, Mitch Marsh is a batter who bowls. Um, uh, Michael Nisa is a bowler. Who bats? Hmm. You're not convinced? We can just, no, we can do Oh, no, no, no. I just think it's a, a good discussion point. I, mm. yeah. I think they all he's, have mate, merit. You could pick all three brutal. and justify it. Yeah. He's been brought. Yeah. Nisa, Nisa mate, in any format, he could be selected for Australia because he has been exceptional. Yeah. There was a game I saw before I went away and Nisa came out to bat and the Heat were doing it tough. And he just clocked them. 
Oh, mate, he, he, just he, hits a, he hits a very hard ball too. Yeah. Smacks it out of the stadium. Yeah. And again, I've only met him a couple of times, but apparently great team man. A lot of people say, do you remember Andy Bickle? Yes. Andy Bickle, I think, was 12th man for Australia more than any yep. other player. But he was the one player, you had to pick him on the tour. Because yep. he was the greatest team man. You always want him around the group. And a yep. lot of people compare Michael Nisa yep. to Andy Bickle in regards to personality. Yeah, well, so, sometimes which is a massive compliment. And, and sometimes if you go on a tour, you need those oh, blokes instead of the ones that... Think they should be in yeah, the team. And bitter about miss, are, missing so. out, and they're bitter, and they cause disruption in the group. That's, that's why you hear a lot of players. Sorry, go that's on, the whole reason sorry. Mitch Marsh was on. That's what I was going yeah, to gonna say. The Marsh brothers in yeah. you, That's why you hear so many people that played with Sean or Mitchell Marsh. And I was again, I was a massive one for for Sean Marsh. Uh, his performances might have been inconsistent, but if in doubt, and you'll pick him between one or two players to go on the tour, yeah. I wanted Sean there every time because if you picked him, yes, you knew if he was on. He batted like a genius, yeah. as good as anyone. Yes, he could have, you know, a form slump. So could all of us. But in regards to if you didn't select him, mate, he was awesome around the group. Never complained. Whatever the team, whatever anyone in the team needed, yeah. he'd always put the team first. Unsurprisingly, the Big Bash dominates the back pages. A heat wave destroyed Sydney. And I guess maybe a little bit more of a surprise is the fact that Glenn Maxwell continues to be on the back page. It has come out that... While we haven't got details of the incident at the Gov, he was supposed to be rehabbing his leg that he broke in the barbecue incident from a couple of years ago during this time. So it's certainly not a good look. And we've heard from Bailey and we've heard from a couple of other representatives. It sounds as though he, they didn't go the public baking, but they did say it's not the best look and maybe just pull the head in a touch. Can I, can I ask? How do you rehab can, a broken well, leg from... Well, two years ago. That, two that's years what ago. I want to know. Like, surely you've done that rehab and it's he's been playing cricket, unless he's re-injured it. I so, unless know. he's re-injured it, I, I, I don't know. Oh, look. Sounds like it's a bit of a slap on the wrist. Yeah. He's, he's been out drinking. They didn't want him to drink because they've rested him from yeah. Australian games. So they wanted him to make sure he's getting doing some rehab, prehab, weight, strength, whatever it is. I, I'm more... I'm. I'm still trying to find out why the ambulance, why he was in an ambulance. That, that's the only one for me. Like, you see, oh, I think we've all. Well, I think been... they said he passed out, mm. so I don't know whether he's fallen mm. and hit his head, but, or oh, yeah. the you know, article... cut his head, or whether he just collapsed with dehydration. That's what they were saying. The article I'm not saying says, that, but no, that's what they say. We weren't yeah. there. Yeah, just to clarify, yeah, we were not we there. there. Uh, but as it turns out, a lot of the players were because they had a, almost a team photo. But he wasn't, he, was, he wasn't a part of the Australian setup. So it seems like the Australian players that were involved in the test match went out um, to see six and out. Um, and Maxi was had gone from golf when he's with his other mates because he wasn't a part of that Australian squad and probably got there a bit later. Mm. Sounds like Paddy Cummins, a few of the other guys, went and watched the concert. Oh, can you call it a concert? Went and watched the boys sing a few <laughs> tunes, karaoke at the pub, and then left. And then Maxi might have turned up. But oh, look, I look, I reached out to Maxi. I sent him a text just checking he's okay. He said he's, he's doing all right. So I didn't, again, it's not my business to go into, um, you know, what's happened. He's a, he's a grown man. He's a big boy. And, it's, and again, reading between the lines, um, Andrew McDonald, more than Paddy Cummins, who knows Maxi very well, played together and are good friends, um, has given him a slap on the wrist as the Australian coach and said, mate, you know, your baby is, you know, you're going to be photographed or it's going to get in the media. 
we need you to be better than this. Slap on the wrist, play on. That's what it seems like. To me. Uh, the article by Daniel Cherney essentially says this was a period which had been specifically cordoned off for rehabilitation yeah. of the all rounder's previously broken leg. Mm. So it's not a good look, but yeah. it's also not the end of the world. Yeah. The other article that featured there was Stevie Johnson. Now, I mentioned to you guys yesterday mm. that he had a bit of a, a knife incident. I was talking to Michael off air, Laurie, but I'll update you. So he's gone to a kid's birthday party, and recently he was gifted a set of knives by a, a friend who I believe is a butcher, or at least works in that kind of industry. So we can take from that that they were pretty good knives, sharp knives. They've taken a knife to cut the cake. When he's come back, his young one is trying to open the gate and can't. So he's gone past and gone to push the gate open with his hip slash stomach with the bag in between. The knife is in the bag, through the bag, through his stomach, life-threatening injuries, just like that. Thankfully, a nurse just happened to be walking by shortly after it, treated him and took him off to hospital. But it sounds as though prior to surgery, he was... He was actually thinking, I don't know if I get through this. A very random accident to happen. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Well, hopefully he's okay. I saw the photo of the the stab wound. It was a wound, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was a big one. Um, And fortunately, he's okay. But um, it just shows you how unlucky you can be at times um, and how lucky he can be because the nurse walked past as the knife was going in him. So I, I think that, you know, he'll be sitting there reflecting, going, geez, that's, that's something that I never thought would happen. But it just shows you how easily things can change pretty quickly in your life. Lots of discussion about visas in the sporting world at the moment. In terms of the NRL news, Payne Haas, Latrell Mitchell, Brandon Smith and Reese Walsh, they could be among several stars missing from the NRL's inaugural Las Vegas venture if their visa concerns aren't addressed. So the four clubs are supposed to meet with Peter Volandis today to discuss that and the financial hurdles too. So there were commitments the NRL made to the clubs in terms of what they would cover, but training expenses weren't one of those, and now training expenses look like they could be in the sort of 400000 range. So clubs are a little bit hesitant on that front so a little bit that they need to discuss uh, but it sounds as though the visa issue uh, could be a troubling one and just on visas in regards to cricket news Shai Bashir this is a really unfortunate way to miss selection in your first ever test match but he's an uncapped spinner he's effectively been ruled out and maybe even for the tour of India because they haven't been able to resolve visa issues now, this is a fellow of Pakistani heritage. I've seen this before. I've seen this before a few times. Uh, I'm trying it to happen with Uzi. Oh, Uzi. There. Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah, exactly right. A- any sort of um, Pakistani influence changes the rules in regards to getting into India. So right. even if you think of, uh, who's an example? Um, Wazim Akram, who's out in Australia commentating and travels the world as a commentator. Cannot, cannot go to India and commentate during IPL. Can, not, cannot, At all. Cannot. 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 So it, it, it's, not, it's not about the individual player. It's just, I think, with what's going on between India and Pakistan, very, very hard to get into, into the country. And we, we did. We saw that with, I think, Uzi's visa took, might have been an extra two weeks. 
or mm. 10 days or something like that to come through. Uh, and he was borderline travelling on his own. I think in this day and age, we need to work out a... Oh, it's, it's not, mate. But We're again, not getting into geopolitics. But oh, my God. Great to have you company on the Big Sports Breakfast. Don't panic. I know tomorrow's a public holiday, and with that in mind, the BSB Multi will be launched today. For those who haven't seen it already, that should be up, paying $7. Let's go it. Go through it step by step. With Laurie Daly refusing, point blank refusing to be involved this week mm. for a variety of reasons, we've required Luke Marlowe, Brad Davidson and Michael Maxworthy to step up to the plate. Now, Luke's kicking things off on Friday. We have that great meeting, the Australia Day meeting at Warwick Farm. Race two, number 13, Zadaki to run top three. So that's Warwick Farm race two, number 13, Zadaki to run top three. That one is for Luke Marlowe. Now, I mentioned Brad Davidson. I think we get to chat to Davo a little bit later mm. on today. Oh, well, maybe we've got Ali. No, we've got Davo. So we can ask him what's happened to you because Naval College is $1.70 and he's put it in to run top three. What value has he added to this multi? $1.10 at best? Yeah, anyway, it wouldn't be. He's in my gun. Yeah. So Davo can be on and explain that a little bit later. But the second leg is Warwick Farm Race 6, number 2, Naval College. And then Michael Maxworthy brings it home on Saturday. The Sunshine Coast Race 9, number 12, Viminelli. So Race 9, number 12, Viminelli to run top three as well. All three of those to run top three. It should be open. And throughout the duration of the show this morning, that multi paying $7. What are your thoughts? Well, he's gone safe, Davo, hasn't he? Top two. What, a yeah. dollar ten? Top top two. Top I think two. I may have said top three. Yeah. Top two. Yeah, top two. So it's a dollar seventy favourite. I mean it's broken the track record. It's broken octagonal's yeah. track, yeah, rec- track record. You should have had a crack start. and just put it, it in. One by four. Win. Yeah. Agreed. But see that's what happens, Ben. You get put under pressure doing the multi. All and I know is all yourself. I know is if you don't want to do it yourself, don't criticize. Well, we all three of us had the opportunity to do it. All three of us have our reasons for not doing it. Well, I go easy on the boys. I have a show coming up. I don't want to hear. I don't, mate. I don't want to hear an excuse. There's only so many tips you can do. I don't want to hear it, mate. I'm a (laughs) fill-in. Be nice to the fill-in. You would nothing. Have you ever? Have you ever done it? Never. It's not my lane. It's like, have I ever sat in that chair where you sit? No, it's not my lane. I, think I just should. like to stay. I just like to stay here. I'm very comfortable here. I like it here. <laughs> I like my friends around me here. I'm happy here. It's I don't want space. anybody else's spot. I just like it here. Yeah. It's a bit like this seat here. I like this seat. Yeah, that's yours. This I don't is want mine. Your... I like being yes. out on the wing. Yes, that's I, your I, seat. I, I would feel uncomfortable. I agree. Even if you sat here hosting the program <laughs> and I had to sit over that side yes. of the desk, I would feel uncomfortable. It's. That's just the way it goes. I think you, know? you guys We like our do. places. We you, like our places. You guys should do a change-up week. No. No. Where no, we don't want to. We don't want host. to swap. We don't want to host. We don't want to compete. Jared we has love, to give opinion. We love our lanes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know whether I skated through all of the tennis results, so bear with me as I do that. Carlos Alcaraz has been knocked out. Zverev, upset win there. 6-1, 6-3, 6-7, 6-4. Daniel Medvedev prevailed in another long one, seven six seven four in that decider, two six six three five seven six four in just short of four hours. 
Kinwen Zheng defeated Kalinskaya. That was 6-7 and then 6-3, 6-1. Uh, so through to a first major quarterfinal. Uh, Yastremska has made history as the first female qualifier to make the semifinals in 46 years. I think we've undersold how much of an achievement that is as a qualifier to make it through to the semis in a major. Remarkable effort, beating Niskova 6-3, 6-4. And then Matty Ebden and Bapana, they were up against Argentinian duo Maximo Gonzalez and Maltini on court three. It was suspended. I don't know whether you saw it, but the court has bubbled. and It could be a little bit of a drama Mm. Uh, they do need to get on top of that. So I think it was heat-related, but essentially the court has bubbled and the surface has lifted a little bit off the base. Um, so that caused some dramas, but they moved courts and won 6-4-7-6. So they're through to the semis. Cricket we've touched on. COVID, though, we haven't mentioned. Travis Head had COVID. Yep. May well still have COVID. And so they were already putting in isolation protocols for the Brisbane test. He was able to play as long as he was feeling okay, but he would be kept separate to the team. Well, now Cam Green's in there, and so too is the head coach. What's the... Is it three days of... I don't think there is a rule anymore. Okay, so they can... Even if you get... If somebody else... I know Andrew McDonald. They've set up a room at the Gabba for Andrew McDonald and Cameron Green Green. to isolate. But if, uh, I don't know, let's say Steve Smith now gets it, uh, if if you feel okay, can you... You do a test in the morning. Can you still and you and you found positive? Can you still play on that day? I would have thought so. Okay. Absolutely. So then, really, apart from isolating, well, that's just for their teammates' benefit. Yeah, and I think they're yeah, going so they're going above and beyond. As long as they feel okay, like Moses had it last night, didn't he? And he yeah, he tested positive the, on Monday. The boys were saying he he felt fine all week, and yeah. you just see when he was next in the bat, he was sitting on his own. That's the only thing. So what do you do if you're batting? Cameron Green's batting. You don't walk to the middle to talk to your partner, or and if you get a wicket, do you not come around the group and give him high five, or what do you do there? I, I don't know what the protocol would be. There'd be rules in place. But there would obviously. be rules in place, and, and all the boys have experienced from yep. when they went through and we, when we we're stuck in the middle yep. of COVID. So, it's like if yeah. you're a bowler, you can't go on high fiving yeah, if okay. he takes a wicket. I, yeah, su- okay. I suppose. You I'd just... l- I'd like it when you're batting that go to the middle and t- when I when I look back now, mate. Apart from Husey telling me about the new bull that he just bought. Mm. That was the only fun conversation in in the middle. Like normally, you'd you're stressing each other out. Like you talk about, mate, geez, dust, mate. He's quick today, and it's swinging, and it's seaming, and you don't want to hear it. You know how hard it is. I can see it swinging. Yeah. I can see it's 150 k's. You'd have to tell me. Yeah. So apart from having a laugh, there's no point. I don't know why. That's just habit. Yeah. You go to the middle and go, oh mate, you well, feel that's, right? Good. That, that's the other thing I was about to ask you. If you're facing a bloke that can move it both ways, oh mate, you don't want to talk what, about it. <laughs> well, well what, what are they going to say? Oh mate, he's he's taking them away from you, right? The next one, yeah, back in, in and then you walk off. Yeah. And go, mate, you told me it was swinging away. It's like looking at a TV before you bat, mate. You know if it swings or seems on a television, then you can times it by five out in the middle. Because it's swinging a lot more and seaming a lot more. And then it comes up and says, oh, 146 kilometres. You go, oh, awesome. Just what I need before I, I just got a duck last game. I'm fighting with the wife. Yeah. Forgot to put the bins out. And now I can see on TV this guy's bowling 150 k's and swinging it. It always looks easier on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's like a catch, isn't it, in the slips? Yeah, slow motion. Yep. You watch so, it and you go, mate, <laughs> how'd, how'd you, you drop, drop that? that? Yeah. The two tests get underway soon enough. Australia is playing the West Indies, as we know, but England and India is the other. And England have picked four spinners and one fast bowler 
So that's the first time they've done that, just the one seamer in the team since 1962. If that's not an, an indication of the pitch and the preparation at Hyderabad, I don't know what is. Which quick did they go for? I think it's wood. So they went so with speed a, through the air, reverse they went with swing a quick, as well. Quick, Smart. Yeah. No, nothing well, you that's going to kiss you know the what? pitch. I, I, think, I think in general you get stuck in pick your best team. Like Australia's ways to have three fast bowlers and, you know, at best you might go two fast bowlers, an all-rounder who can bowl quick and then two spinners. But I think we've seen over in India, mate, spin is just so significant. How you play it and how you face it will determine the outcome of this five-test series. So I don't mind it. And they've got five test matches. So if England do this in the first test and it doesn't work, they've still got time to adjust. But I don't mind their theory here. If they think the wicket's going to be a raging turner, India will pick three. Mm. They'll they'll have three legitimate spinners. Um, So does that mean Stokes bowls? Definitely. But Stokes is Stokes, no, 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 no. They'll open me. They might even open with two spinners. I reckon, or if they go wood, they might give him two or three overs with a brand new ball, but I reckon they're going wood for speed through the air, reverse swing. So an older ball. Um, but I reckon they'll definitely open with at least one spinner. Stokes, he will, sounds like he's fully fit. He's done his rehab, but he's, I think he said in his press conference as well, that the thing that's going to be hard and it is underrated standing in the field all day in India. If you field for two days, yeah. mate, your legs are barking. Now I know you're not, sprinting and you're not doing a marathon, but just being on your feet for two full days after having knee surgery, I think that's going to be, that's going to be significant. And in those conditions, that extra heat over in India as well, he's really going to feel that. So I don't know how stiff and sore he's going to be without bowling, let alone now, if he has to bowl as the second fast bowler. We had a million suggestions yesterday when we were discussing Boxing bouts, potential boxing bouts. Today, I want a trip down memory lane. Sports stars or celebrities for that matter, but I think we primarily focus on sports stars that have missed out on games, matches, pre-seasons, etc. for bizarre reasons. We've obviously discussed this morning, COVID could impact some. Visas are impacting others. There have been seen, well, Glenn's missing due to a, an incident at the Gov there in South Australia. So there have been some bizarre incidents of late. A few that spring to mind for me. One, Nigel Smart walking across hot coals as a pre-season sort of rite of passage and then not being able to play was probably one. Uh, but I'm sure there are others that spring to mind that we'll discuss throughout the course of the morning. And we also need to talk about the ICC Test Team of the Year that they put oh. together. Nathan Lyon didn't get in. But there are five Australians who've managed to squeeze their way through. Plenty going on in the world of basketball. And to discuss it all, time to bring in an expert in, Brad Rosen. Brad, great to have you on the show once again. And the big question out of the NBA, to time out or not to time out? Did it cost Portland the win? Uh, I'm in a bit of shock, to be honest with you. Like, I haven't seen that before. And, uh, yeah, well, let's be simple. It probably cost them the game, but... You know, I mean, there's a lot of other things that go on during the game that you've got to worry about before that. Uh, exactly right. And so often you'll hear athletes and coaches say exactly that. So I'm surprised that Portland is pushing on with it. Do you feel as though they have a, a case to appeal? And is there any precedent in which we could see the NBA flipping the result? Not a precedent that I know of. Not a chance they're going to flip it. And let's just get on with it. It's over. Like, that's as simple as you can put it. Not a chance. Bradley, 
How are you, buddy? Happy Good New morning, Year, mate. mate. How are you, buddy? I'm Happy doing New Year. Well, you too. Uh, talk to me about the Kings. Oh, now, mate. let's I, just go to Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> I know you prefer them. I don't love my jump, my jack jumpers. Uh, tell me about though, and I think it's it's spoken about a lot when you get a new coach and you got mm. players that are have played in a certain way over a period of time. That transition takes time, but. Yep. In sport, it's very hard to get the time or the leeway that sometimes you need. And I feel like with the Kings, there is a high expectation. You haven't got time to warm into Mm -hmm. it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's probably where they sit now. Totally. You've wrapped it perfectly. Look, we said at the beginning of the year, back in October, new coach, five new players, this is going to take time. The probably worst thing that happened is, I can't remember exactly, but they went seven and three or something like that, whatever that figure was. So they came out of the blocks and everyone was like, oh, okay, well, we don't need any time. And now they're in a slump. And the biggest slump that we're in is we just cannot defend Mm. anyone. Couldn't, you know, like we're not shooting well, can't hit water if we fell out of a boat. So that's, you know, that's just the, the way it is. But um, but the fact is we can't defend anyone. And I don't know the exact figures, but I think, you know, the last two years we've given up, you know, 84, 86, 87 points or whatever it is. It's well over 90 now. Mm. It's well over. In most games, I think there's a stat now where out of the last seven ga- eight games they lost or something, seven of them we've, we've let up 100 or something of that nature. You just can't get up 100 points in a 40-minute era and expect to win. And that's what's going on right now. They can't defend anything. Yeah, and when you're a big club, the expectations are quite high. And as you said, so Brad, true. they're coming off. So the true. They don't give you time. No. And especially when you started winning as well. Yeah. Now it's like, well, that time's gone. Now we've got to go. No, exactly. Hey, what about Illawarra, mate? They started slowly, then they recovered. Can they get back to their winning ways when they take on the Wildcats? Oh, mate, Loza, they had two shocking defeats this week. Um, you know, they were sitting in, I think, fifth or sixth spot. They'd been brilliant. New coach, um, Tatum is the new coach, obviously, Justin Tatum. And I think he was like seven and two over games or six and three or whatever it was. And he was doing so well. And then it was two burps, bang, losing two home games. They're now back in seventh. That's two big losses. Can they make it? Yes. Um, but for two big losses on the road, they need to get their next win. In terms of Adelaide, so we get... We get some notes, right? I'll give a little bit away here because I only fill in. We get given you some what? notes that you guys <laughs> want to discuss. And they're, they're more just keynotes. It's kind of like if you're prepping for an exam or you've, you know, you've got a literature exam. You, you Clark, might yeah, just... Loza, don't look at them. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, one part that concerned me here was the line, Adelaide keeps proving itself to be a nuisance at the back end of the season. I feel that's somewhat disrespectful to my team down there in South Australia, but they come up against... Have you been watching them play this year? (laughs) Well, no, I don't... (laughs) I haven't. Uh, Talk to me about this. Talk to me about this nuisance value. Yeah, look, it's a a good one. Um, I don't know who wrote the notes, but I love it. And look, they've been shocking this year. That's as simple as it is. Players not playing to their level... Um, bringing in the new player, which, you know, was was a good effort. Coach gets sacked. Scotty Dennis takes over. They've changed again. Now they're playing some really good basketball. Now, the word nuisance is probably a good one. They will determine who can make the six because the players. But I'm telling you, if they win, I think they've got seven or games to go or eight games to go or whatever it is. And if they win a majority of those, there is a chance that they can make it. So they're not out of it. So, yes, they can be a nuisance to others. But if things go their way and they keep playing the way they're playing and they get wins, they could squeeze into the six. The old change of coach syndrome. 
Try Isn't it unbelievable? Yeah, and that's two reaction. this year, obviously. Adelaide as well and, and Illawarra. Mm. What about over in the NBA, though? Milwaukee, sacking their case. Oh. And what about his record? What, is he 30 and 13 or something? 30 and 13 or 12 Second or whatever it is. In the NBA. Why have they done that, Brad? Oh, it's player revolt. That's as simple as it is. They know players dictate what's going on, and and from what I understand is he's lost the locker room. Is what's coming out. And it's his first well, season, I, I, isn't it? And they're first winning season, on a yep. three-year deal. So can I say I'm pretty sure now they're paying three coaches because they got rid of the coach last year who I think had another cake, um, another year. They're playing this guy, and they've just come to terms with Doc Rivers. So Doc Rivers is now going to be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He was obviously the Boston coach for many years, won a championship, and has just finished his time in Philadelphia, was commentating, and now he will go back to coaching. coaching. Is he a good fit? Is he a good good fit? Because I know he got sacked by Philly. Yeah, the one thing he will be a good fit with is the like he will have the the locker room. Like he is. But is a that big what's presence. important though, Brad? I feel like we're seeing that with all sports now. It actually doesn't mm. matter if you're having success. It's mm. more about the yeah, keeping the players happy. If the players yeah, the, aren't happy, win, lose or draw, you're going to get flicked. Now this may shock everyone. I'm going to say stuff that could happen. The players are dictating this. I know everyone's fallen off their chairs. They can't believe it. The players. This day and age, the next generation are telling wow. us what we should do. It's unbelievable. No question, Clarky. That's as simple as it is. If yeah. the if the locker room's not happy, you got no hope. It's you know changed, what it's like hasn't when you. It? It's, oh, it's no changed. Hope. When you My win, God, it's all the players. When you lose, yeah. it's the coach. Yeah. Right. Simple as that. But the thing is, they weren't losing. Mm. So um, so yeah, there's no. There, there, there's no doubt that the locker room, there was a lot of talk that they weren't happy. And this has been going on for a few weeks, but I didn't think they'd do it. Like, first year. Yeah, that's, so, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it is a bit of a unique setup there at Milwaukee because your best player in Giannis has a brother or multiple brothers on the team yes. that I think it's fair to say would struggle to get onto any other NBA roster, but they're very much cuddled as his brothers. So if you lose them, you kind of lose Giannis and they demand a certain amount of game time where they may or may not be deserving. Am I reading too much into that? That was my understanding of the sort of... I know that didn't come from your cheat notes, but that's very good. It actually Um, didn't come from the cheat notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The answer is yes. Look, those brothers don't play, which I don't think, you know, anyone's got a problem with that. And they are there. There's always behind the scenes, isn't it? You know, your, your big dog, which is Giannis and Giannis gets what he wants. Um, you know, 300, 400 million. If you don't give me what I want, I leave. You'll get what you want. Mm. Is the simple answer. So, but, but I mean, whether, I mean, are they there? Look, they're good players in their own right. They've played for their country and everything like that. Should they be there? Uh, those spots have got to be filled by somewhere. And if we're going to keep a superstar happy, we do it. But, it is, it is a shame where it's dictated like that. It's, it has moved in the NBA. There's no question about that. But getting back to the Doc Rivers thing, I think he will be the right guy in the sense that he will keep them in line. And don't forget, they've got Dame Lillard now there. So, so really, in Milwaukee's eyes and certainly in those players' eyes, it's championship or bust. Like, we're not here just to make playoffs. We won a championship a few years ago. We want to be there again. We didn't trade for Dame. Giannis is not getting younger. Man, I've got so many years in, you know, at my peak. I need this now. And that's what they're thinking. Well, what about Joel Embiid? What about his performance? 70 points. And how, where do you rate him, Brad? Um, how low can we go? Um, I'm not a fan. Not a fan not of a fan, Joel really. Embiid. Not a fan. Look, fantastic player. Fantastic player. Love what he brings. 70 points. Watch the game. Outstanding. 
can shoot, can do everything. Just just everything that goes on and and just things that you know what's going on. I mean, look at that team, how it's just been torn apart, gone through coaches, gone through players, the way he threw Ben Simmons under the bus in that Game 7 situation, which is well known now he's, you know, in Brooklyn and stuff. And just, just you just get the feeling he's just not that team guy that you want to be around now. Over there, you get away with it. He's an MVP. Uh, he's an outstanding player. Outstanding player. But no, nah, no way. Not my favourite. I think it was... Six. Right up there with Harden. Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, they briefly were together, Played weren't together, they? Yeah. 70, 12 and 5. Only the second player to do it behind Brilliant. the great Amazing. Michael Jordan. But I agree, on the likability scale, he's battling a touch. Brad, we'll chat again soon. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Wade taking you through the morning on the Big Sports Breakfast, and we've got a lot of company. We've got Evan Priest coming up to talk golf, Adam Pengilly from the SMH to talk racing, and maybe a little bit of league. Phil Moss to talk soccer. Jared Daffy will update us on all the latest tab markets. Roger Rashid, Ali Mosley, who I'll be on Black Bookers with at 7 p.m. tonight. Stu Clark, Brad Davidson, and then Michael Maxworthy to round things out. So a huge show ahead, no doubt about that. We'll talk golf in a bit, but I just want to remind everyone the BSB Multi is up and running, $7. Uh, it's been up since about 6 a.m. So the legs were Warwick Farm Race 2, number 13, Zadaki from Luke Marlowe. Warwick Farm Race 6, number 2, Naval College from Brad Davidson to run top two. And then Sunshine Coast Saturday Race 9, number 12, Viminelli to run top three. That one from Michael Maxworthy. And before you have a bet, think to yourself what's gambling really costing you. You guys know the rest from 6 a.m. That has been open. Seven bucks and a few snapping it up already. I did mention as well our talk topic. If you're keen to text through 0419767272. If you're keen to bring up a couple of sporting stars that have missed for bizarre reasons, and I know in rugby league there have been a few. There's Turbos. plenty in rugby league. One T- that I was a part of, Ben, mm-hmm. was back in 19, I think it was 99. It would have been 99 or 98. Bradley Clyde and Robbie Kearns fell off a horse. We were in a camp. Oh, yeah, I remember the this. Horse I remember and this. both injured their shoulders and were ruled out. For the series, both fell off the both same fell horse. Off, no, different horses. We're up there on a bonding exercise. Sober. Yep. Wow. That's why we went up there. Wayne Pierce was in charge. He was the coach. Fell off both two different horses. Two different horses. Busted shoulders. Busted shoulders. Anyone surgery? I can't remember. Okay. But out for the out, series. Out for the series. So we lost it's two not members. The greatest horse there goes horse riding. Mm. Well, we had what about since. remember 2005 Ashes? Glenn McGrath on the football rolled his ankle and well, you, an Ashes series isn't based on one player, but yeah, it did cost the series. Glenn, mate, losing Glenn McGrath is you're not winning too many games losing Glenn McGrath. No, I was having a look. But also through. the effect. Oh, sorry, mate, but the effect that losing a player like Glenn oh. McGrath has on the squad. And on the that, opposition. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But just your own players as well. You know, your best player or second best player or best bowler goes down. Surprise that stuff doesn't happen more often. Like, you just, you're walking around. Half the time, there's just, there's so much stuff going out on, a, happening on a cricket field before a game with mm. guys kicking a soccer ball, passing a footy, bowlers bowling, cricket balls running along yeah. the floor. Like, you just, you got media, you got mm. cameras, you got. 
uh, people ground announced. You got there's thousands of people out there. I'm yeah. actually surprised more of that stuff doesn't happen where you just something out of the blue, what yeah. seems clumsy, was just ro- rolling your ankles well, so easy. You got yeah. shit all over the ground. Well, you can do. Um, you can injure yourself at any time. I think David Gillespie lost half his finger. What? He was working on a garbage truck. I'm pretty sure it was cement. That's how he lost half his finger. And I think Terry Madison may have done it as well, going to jump over a fence, mm. and his ring got caught on the, in the fence. Jimmy Cassidy, right. 2009. This one's been sent in by John from Moorbank. Sliced a couple of fingers while trimming a hedge at home and missed the entire spring carnival. There was another referencing Turbo's trip down the Corso. Remember when he challenged? Uh, well, didn't he do it? Pass drop the soap in the shower, and he had that as well. Although, I <laughs> mean, I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't play elite sport. Did his heavy picking the soap up? <laughs> I can sympathise there. I've what? Well, you've done it. You've I've, done your hamstring picking the I've, soap I've, up no, in no, the shower. I've pinged a hammy picking up the shampoo. No word of a lie. What? The day okay. after a game of footy. Okay, okay, okay. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, so you tweaked your hammy the day before at footy, and then the icing on the cake was bending, was flexing, right? Was yeah. extending, flexing for. Mate, surely it's impossible it was to tight. rip your hamstring yeah. off the bone, picking the soap up Not or the off shampoo the bone. up. Not the bone. It was a two-weaker. It's a little nick. How do you do your hammy, honestly? Bending like, down how quick, straight leg, how quick are you straight going? <laughs> and then I've done the little he's jump got, up. He's run, for, he's run from the lounge room and dived into the shower for the soap. Mate, so, mate you can't do your hammy picking the soap up in your shower. I'm telling you, it happened. <laughs> So, Mate. Turbo, I, I sympathise and I believe you. Evan Priest is Mate, on. Seriously. I'm sure Evan's heard some pretty bizarre oh stories gosh. as to why golfers have missed tournaments. or at least... Getting a ball out of the bag, you yeah. rip your hammy off the bone. It can happen. <laughs> Evan, great to have you on the show. Save me, please. Oh. So, thank, thanks, Benny. Uh, <sighs> Mate, the extent of professional golfers' injuries uh, away from the course have been um, things like, you know, skiing accidents in Vail and, uh, you know, <laughs> Surfing with, I think Adam Scott did his knee once surfing maybe, and and uh, Rory McIlroy actually missed the British Open at St Andrews in 2015 because he, he did his knee playing soccer with his mates. So there's aren't as tame as some of the ones you've just described, dropping the soap in the shower. <laughs> but even those I get, but the soap in the shower one, come on, Benny. Hang on. So just very quickly, playing sorry. your knee, doing your knee playing soccer, yeah, or skiing, yeah, jumping out of a plane hurt you, yeah, I get that. So there was a soap in the shower. There was a baseballer, right, over in the States, Evan Longoria, not Eva Longoria, oh. but Evan. He strained his back and missed more than a month getting up off the toilet. It happened. Yeah, okay, no, okay, so bulging disc. You can do yeah. that sneezing, you can tweak your back. That okay. That is that I can understand more than I bent down to pick up the shampoo and I tore I, ha, my ha, hamstring. How high up on the hamstring? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Not that high. Not as high as you're saying. I thought... You sure it was heavy? Glute? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had company, but I wasn't... Oh, now, oh, now we're getting to the bottom of it. You're doing a cardio session. Yeah, you're doing a cardio, session. Yeah, you're doing a cardio session in the shower. That's a bit different. Please save me. Yeah. Nick Dunlap was fantastic. The amateur winning the American Express. Oh, oh dear.
For what it's worth, I, I probably would have lied about the, the sofa. Yeah, me made too. I'm, Evan, I'm trying to move on. <laughs> Help a brother out. I actually oh, thought of all people to be sympathetic of tearing hamstrings for no reason. It would oh, be Michael Clark. Yeah, but, but now we it, get the truth, yeah, mate. You had company in the shower when you tore your hammy. So that's a bit really, different. I didn't really. That's a bit of mayo. <laughs> Nick Dunlap won the American Express and showed great resolve for an amateur late. Yeah, yeah. He, he, oh, Sorry, have I still got you there, boys? Got yes, you, buddy. Got yep. you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Nick Dunlap. This, this kid is special. He uh, Apparently, when he was 12 years of age, he shot 59. So to broke 60 at the age of at the age of 12, and people knew he was going to be special. He was a University of Alabama superstar. A few golfers have gone to that university, like Justin Thomas. And, and this guy gives you that kind of belief that m- maybe an amateur can win the Masters. And he's got this kind of hilarious uh, problem, dilemma at the moment. Does he... Does he ink a few name, image, likeness deals and stay in college and have a good time at the University of Alabama or, or, and, and wait for the... Uh, if he turns pro, he actually forfeits his master's invitation. Um, does he wait for that or does he turn pro immediately and begin playing on the PGA Tour for big dollars? So his kid's pretty special and, and it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. Nick Dunlap, remember the name. What is it about his game that impresses everyone? Apparently it's the, like it's it's mental. It's the, the he's got the killer instinct. He really likes to to smash people. He was winning junior tournaments by more than ten shots. You know, growing up, um, physically it's very impressive. If you watch him swing the golf club, he hits it a mile, really straight. But the the way that he got it done down the stretch of the American Express Championship in uh, Palm Springs last week, he he stared down some of the best players in the world. Sam Burns just absolutely messed him up. Justin Thomas stared him down as well. And, um, got it done. This is, we're talking about an amateur golfer. He's still in second year of college, and he stared down the world's best golfers and became the uh, first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since Bill Mickelson in 1991. So, yeah, massive, big, big name to watch this one. Evan, talk to me about the Tiger Woods decision to to walk away from Nike. I've got no doubt that he's going to be getting paid an absolute truckload from TaylorMade, but... Geez, I don't think, well, maybe you, but I think too many people would have would have expected this. Not at all. You know, like he literally turned pro in a Nike kind of um, sponsored announcement. said said the famous words "Hello World" in nineteen ninety six, yeah. and he's been with them ever since. And you know, he's become he, he's sort of almost trademarked the whole Sunday Red situation. You know, red shirt, black pants. He's famous for wearing that every Sunday round of every tournament in his life. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, he's parted ways. But I think. Uh, the, the writing is on the wall that Nike looks like they're getting out of golf. Uh, they, they did away with their actual golf clubs about nine years ago, eight years ago, and, and, and now it just seems that sort of winding back the golf apparel business for, for Tiger. You know, it's, it's a massive move. I, I think I said this on the on the show a couple of weeks ago, but one of my favourite ever moves, business moves like this, was Roger Federer. When he left Nike to a lot less fanfare than, uh, yeah. than, than Tiger did for, uh, six years ago, he actually inked a deal with Uniqlo for $30 million a year. That excluded a, foot, uh, a footwear deal. He then went and, and became an ambassador for On Running, which is a Swiss shoe brand that's you know, all the rage in the States. It's like one of every two Americans is a pair of On Runnings. His 10% stake in that company is now worth $300 million. So he turned a $10 million a year deal with Nike into $600 million with Uniqlo and On Running. So fascinating stuff. But uh, yeah, TaylorMade have, have actually lodged trademark requests you know, in, in the US. Um, with an image of a tiger, almost like a, sort of like a kid's artwork of a tiger, and the and the uh, and the name Sunday Red, which obviously references to tiger shirts every Sunday. So it uh, looks like they're going to get in big, and they're going to use tiger as the face of it, and, and no doubt it'll it'll sell like hotcakes. Yeah.
So we've gone through Tiger's deal with TaylorMade, but there is an Aussie Kiwi contingent that I want to discuss as well that are venturing to Torrey Pines and look a live chance. One in particular absolutely loves that course. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really ama- it's an amazing area, the Torrey Pines La Jolla area, which is just north of San Diego. It looks a lot like Sydney actually. It's got the little seaside villages and some cliffs and bluffs and whatnot. And good stat from my uh, my, my colleague Ben Everill over in the states. Um, Australians have have uh, in the they've they finished in the top ten seventeen of the last eighteen years at the Farmers Insurance Open. So Aussies seem to really love the golf course. It's got some big eucalypts on there. Uh, very, very sort of Aussie Sydney style golf course. Jason Day has won there twice, 2015 and 2018. So I really like him at $21. The tournament has actually started already. It's a the the only PGA Tour event to start on a Wednesday, finish on a Saturday, and that's so that they can uh, finish in time for the NFL championship games that that are happening in the US on Sunday. Um, so so that's a really good one. I, you, you can't go wrong betting on Jason Day at $21. Yeah, going for his third win there. So I really like Jay Day, but we've got a really good Aussie contingent. We've got Aaron Badley, Jason Day, Kiwi, I'm going to throw a Kiwi in there, Ryan Fox, Min Woo Lee, you know, the, the firebrand who's, who's really becoming a household name in Australia, and Harrison Endicott. So if you've got some spare time, flick that on, be uh, sort of late in the morning, every morning, and enjoy the Farmers Insurance Open with the beautiful views across the ocean. Will do. Great to chat and talk again soon, Evan. Thanks, lads. Great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast. Keep those suggestions coming through on the text line. A few have given me a chuckle. One in particular I had completely forgotten about, and that was Shoa Bakhtar missing a test game. I think it was a test match uh, due to genital warts and an infection there. <laughs> Loz, you're right there. Ten days. <laughs> Spit that tea out. Ten days treatment mm. he required. Show back to uh, It was a World T20, actually. It was a World T20. So Pakistan had to replace him Not going there. for that one. Uh, so there have been a variety. Long story yeah. short, there have been a variety of special reasons that athletes have missed games over the years. And I'm sure Shoaib was particularly happy that that one was documented as opposed to just saying he was rested injured. or something similar. Adam Pengilly, I don't know how we're going to segue to you. I think it's best <laughs> if I just ask you about the Imperatriz jump out there at Cranbourne. Hard to imagine she could have done any more. Morning, Ben. Morning, boys. I'd love to hear more about your injury, Ben, but I think we need to move on from that now. So, um, yes, she was great in the jump out yesterday in Peritree. She's slowly starting to build up to get ready for her autumn campaign. A nice little spin down there in Victoria, and all systems go, hopefully, for one more jump out at Cranbourne before she heads to the, the Lightning Stakes first up. So her program will see her go to Lightning Stakes probably four or five weeks into the William Reid at Mooney Valley, where we, sh- we know she's been so devastating throughout her career, and then hopefully up to Sydney later in the campaign. So we'll get a chance to have a look at her again in Sydney um, in the Autumn Carnival. And it's probably a fair case to say she might be the best horse in Australia and New Zealand at the moment. It'd be good to see her racing again throughout the Autumn Carnival. Yeah, it'd be nice to see her race up here in Sydney, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be great, Loz. Mm. We just haven't had a chance to see her much um, in the last 12 to 18 months, and I can completely understand why Connections have decided to sort of take the path they have. They picked off a lot of Group 1s down there in Melbourne throughout the spring and probably, to be fair, against fields that weren't quite up to, to Group 1 quality. But that's fine. That's that's a decision they made. They wanted to go down that path. And if you can get up here for the TJ Smith stakes later in the autumn, it's going to be one hell of a race, hopefully, if all the big guns are there. And she should be in fine form after a couple of um, couple of runs leading up to Sydney. Yeah. How's Sydney Bowler going, mate, after that incident up there at the Gold Coast? Yeah, he's good, Lars. He's on the mend. Uh, thankfully, John O'Shea says that everything's coming along um, A-OK, which is, which is really good to see because there was a lot of concern for that horse after he got 
cast in the barriers and that magic millions guineas was put back after a, such a, a long period of time. But uh, John O'Shea's stable is sort of saying that everything's going as well as could possibly hoped at this stage. He's had a few stitches and a few little nicks here and there, but he'll have some time in the paddock and hopefully back to racing at some stage later this year. I'm not quite sure whether he'll be up and going ready for the autumn carnival, particularly the early part of the autumn carnival. But all the signs are good, given that was an extremely scary situation on the Gold Coast there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was particularly scary, wasn't it? So that's all good news. Switzerland, all eyes are on the two-year-olds at this time of year, and history would suggest we've already seen the Golden Slipper winner, but it's nice to see another headline act come out in Switzerland. Yeah, well, ask the question, Ben. Have we seen the Golden Slipper winner? That's that's the question. I know history sort of suggests that yeah, these usually the Slipper winners debut probably pre-Christmas and maybe even sort of early January, but... I don't know. I reckon this year, Storm Boy, obviously, is a, a pronounced favourite for the race. But I just get the feeling that a lot of trainers have been holding back their two-year-olds this year. And they're not racing them as much early in the season, which is why we're probably getting a lot smaller fields. And maybe there'll be a couple of horses that come out of the woodwork very late in the piece. This bloke could be one of them. Um, he was entered to, to run last week. He was scratched. Um, Chris Waller opted to wait another week to to ready him for this week. James McDonald doesn't ride. Karen McAvoy rides now, given that James is heading over to New Zealand for the Karaka Millions meeting. But from what we've seen so far at the trials, he looks like I've got a fair bit of style about him. I can understand why he's a favourite. He won't be settling in the first four or five. He's probably a naturally a horse that will take time to find his feet, but he looked extremely strong in his trials through the line. And I'd expect him to be running up to his price and going very, very close there on the weekend and putting his name in the, in the gold slipper picture. You got anything for this weekend? I do, Loz. Um, over at Randwick there on Saturday, race nine, number two, High Blue Sea is my best bet on the program. Absolutely filthy. I missed his horse first up. I, I really liked him in his last preparation, one of the midweeks. He had a long, long break off the scene. I just thought he might need the run, but he completely confounded me. He was a really dominant winner, if he had, and he had a pretty checkered passage in the straight as well. So He's been well-backed in early markets already. I've noticed he opened up at $6 into a much shorter price than that with tab.com.au. I think he can go on with a job and win again. That's race nine, number 10, high blue C for Zach Lloyd. All right. And now, are you okay? I need to get to the bottom of something. Are you okay? Am I okay? Yeah. I'm fine. Fine? You sure? What's happened? Well, I've looked at the multi this morning. (laughs) And there's no Penn Gilly. So he's either been brushed or he's declined to be a part of it. Well, let's just say, Loz, the invitation was not extended to me this week. That's, that's it all wasn't extended. It wow. wasn't extended to me wow. this week. I've been I've been left on the bench, which I can complete. I can, I can wow. understand after I let down the team last week. Um, so I'll just move on. I'll just move on. I'll Jeez. get my own horses, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave the multi to other people. You've handled the demotion well. Well, I wondered why you are back in the saddle, Loz. Oh, no, I've been away. I haven't done. I haven't been able to do the form. Plus, okay. I had a lunch yesterday, so. How, how <laughs> deep is the form? How deep is your form typically for the multi? Oh, it's very deep. Very deep. Yep. Right. But I like my trained eye. Mm. That's that's the one I really trust. Who do you ask? I don't worry about sexual. Tell me honestly, who don't... do you ask for the tips? Who? How who do you dare ask? you? <laughs> How dare you go down that path? Adam, good to chat. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Enjoy the week. Long weekend, boys. We'll chat next you week. Too, See you, mate. You too.